0: listening to the Long Hollow Young Adults podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry at Long Hollow Church, located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you are interested in learning more about us or looking to attend one of our gatherings, you can follow us on Instagram at LH young adults, or visit longhollow.com for more information. And now, a message from our Young Adults pastor, Dylan Young. Merry Christmas to you. I don't know if you've ever really thought about this part of Christmas before, but as you think about Christmas decorations, they're actually kind of weird, right? Like we take all of our lights and we put them outside and then we take a tree, a tree y'all, we take a tree and we put it inside our house. Like that's weird. If you don't have context for that, that's a weird thing. I don't know, there are different uh, opinions on how you're supposed to decorate for Christmas, right? In our household, we are real tree people, right? And We don't have any of the fake tree nonsense going on at the young house, even though it means I can't breathe for the whole month of December. And there's another thing you probably have a strong opinion on, and y'all asked about this on Instagram yesterday, and I'm not going to lie, I was seriously disappointed in how that poll went. Who in here would say you were all about the multicolored lights? Like that, oh, oh man. I mean, we're, we're vocal, but there's like eight of us. Okay, so who is all team Rachel, white lights only? Okay. I mean, I guess I'm in the minority on that. But okay, here's marriage tip for all the guys in the room. If you weren't taking notes, you can take notes now. If you get married someday, and no matter how you grow up, no matter what lights you like, if your wife really wants the all white lights, your response to that is, babe, how many lights you want? How many white lights you want? You tell me, I'll go get them, I'll put them on the house. That's your response to that question. Ladies, remember that someday. You can say you're going to come back to this podcast later, just for that line right there. But um, hey, whether you like all the colors or whether you like just white lights, you know that light itself is a prominent thing here at Christmas time. You're, you're aware of all that's happening and how everything is lit up. And what I want to show you tonight is that light itself is actually a really prominent theme throughout Jesus's life. And it's something that we can focus and meditate on as we think about Jesus this Christmas. And we have constant reminders all around us that Jesus is the light that came into the world and overcame all darkness. And that's the theme that we're gonna look at tonight. And we're gonna be all over scripture and we'll put those on the screen for you. But I want you to see how light is something that follows Jesus from even before he was born all the way through his life and death and resurrection and even into the future that is still to come. So before Jesus was born, people made predictions about his life, there are prophecies about what the Messiah, what the coming king would be like, and we see one of those in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 2 says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. So this light has come, and if you jump down to verse 6, it's telling you that light is going to be the king that we're looking for. Verse 6, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. His dominion will be vast and his prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom. This light that's coming into the world is the king. He's the savior that the people are waiting for. Again, if we jump to the New Testament, still before Jesus is born, John the Baptist's father is speaking over John what his life would be like. And in Luke chapter one, we see his father saying this about John the Baptist, what his responsibility would be in the kingdom. His father says this, "'And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, "'for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, "'to give people knowledge of salvation "'through the forgiveness of their sins.'" Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high, the light from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. John the Baptist is the forerunner for the Messiah. He's the forerunner for the light coming into the world. At Jesus' birth, how is it announced to everybody? This is probably one of the Christmas stories maybe your family reads at this time, coming from Luke chapter two. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant." While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Verse eight, in the same region, this is the announcement of Jesus to the shepherds here. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. Picture this scene. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. So these shepherds, they're in their field. How is the birth of the Savior announced to them with this extreme light that came from the angel of God? It couldn't help but get their attention. Like this was a moment in history that God wants to get your attention about. There was no mistaking what was happening to the shepherd because of that light that they saw. What about in Jesus's life? The disciple John described Jesus this way in John chapter one. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world over and over again. There's this theme of light surrounding Jesus's life even in how he described himself in John 8. Jesus spoke to them again, he's speaking to a crowd here, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is describing himself as light. This his theme continues over and over and over. But there is a moment where darkness creeps into his life, right? And we're aware of the darkness when it comes to, in Middle Tennessee, You get used to this this time of year, but a couple weeks ago, I walked out of the church offices and I'm like looking at this amazing sunset, right? Like it was beautiful walking out of the church that day. And then I also got a little depressed because I realized I'm watching the sunset at 4.30. Like when are we gonna switch to the all year daylight savings time thing, right? Like we don't don't like that it's, I mean, it feels like we should be in bed right now, right? When you showed up to church tonight. We're aware of the darkness in middle Tennessee this time of year, because it feels like there is so much of it compared to how much sunlight we get. We notice, I want you to notice how darkness actually does make its way into Jesus' story, but only momentarily, right? On the day Jesus died on the cross, I want you to notice how Matthew, Mark and Luke each described the scene while he was hanging on the cross. In Mark 15, Mark says, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. So this is noon to three we're talking about. And it says it is dark across the whole land. Matthew says the same thing. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. And Luke repeats this theme. They're driving the point home. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three because the sun's light failed. And in that moment, God gave us a glimpse of what the world looks like without Jesus. And it's a dark place. It's a dark world that we live in if Jesus is not a part of it. And you see, Jesus gave up his life, he paid the price for our sins. It was a dark moment in history, but we know that moment doesn't last, so we still get to celebrate even that dark moment. And it's a moment that we ought to be mindful of all the time. And we're going to pause and, and remember that moment right now by taking part in communion together. Now, if you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus, this is not something you need to participate in. It's kind of a family thing for those of us who follow Jesus. But I would love for you to be mindful and to think about what we're actually celebrating right now. What we're remembering is that Jesus gave up his life. He gave up his body and he spilled his blood for us in order to give us salvation, to give us reconciliation and forgiveness from God. And we remember that moment. We do this as something that unites us together and we do it because Jesus modeled it with his own disciples too. We see Matthew in in chapter 26 of his gospel, and you can go ahead and take your cup and you can... Peel off that top part to where the wafer is. And as we remember Jesus's sacrifice on the cross and as Jesus was giving his disciples a picture of what was about to happen at the last supper, this is what Jesus says to his disciples and what we remember tonight as we eat and drink. Matthew said to them, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. The next part of the meal, it says, "'Then Jesus took a cup, and after giving thanks, "'he gave it to them, and said, "'Drink from it, all of you. "'For this is my blood of the covenant, "'which is poured out for many, "'for the forgiveness of sins.'" Thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to give up your life for us. Where we remember that moment even now, and we're so grateful for it. We remember and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And y'all, praise God. That dark moment that we remember, we celebrate it because that dark moment did not last, right? It only lasted for a couple of days. And as we continue to see Jesus' story recorded, we move into this scene of the resurrection. In John chapter 20, he starts to record it this way. It says, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And I know he's talking about what the sky looked like in that moment, what it was physically like, but I can't help but think there's a spiritual, emotional element to what was happening there. Like she's walking to the tomb and at that point, it's still dark in the lives of the believers of Jesus. As the story continues in Luke 24, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. Light has come back into the picture. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. As Matthew records it in chapter 28, an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow and the guards were so shaken by fear of him that they came, they became like dead men. You now, when Jesus came back to life again, he is announced by blinding, terrifying, unbelievable light. This is something God doesn't want the people to miss. He's got to grab their attention and he does it by bringing light back into the world. Don't miss what happened at Jesus's birth and his resurrection and what's gonna happen even in the future. Light grabs our attention, right? See, Rachel and I, we got to go to New York City last week. And if you know New York City at Christmas time, there's a big tree, right? And we went to the Rockefeller Center and we saw that tree and you know, it's 80 feet tall. There are 50,000 lights on that tree and it was a sight to behold. It was pretty awesome to see. But we also know, man, that grabbed our attention but it's nothing compared to what the future is going to be like when we dwell with Jesus in a new heaven and a new earth. There's not gonna be anything that can compare to that light that we're gonna be in the midst of, the power that comes from the light of Jesus. I wonder if you've ever read what that scene is going to be like in the future, when Jesus comes back and establishes this new heaven and new earth. We read about it in Revelation 21. Hear what this new city is gonna be like. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it. And its lamp is the lamb. Jesus is the light. He's all we need in that moment. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never close by day because it will never be night there. That's a powerful, light It's something that we truly can't even begin to comprehend today. Think about the power of this light again. If you think back to that way John described Jesus, back in John chapter one, think about the power that comes along with this light associated with Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, here's the power, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. It doesn't matter how dark any environment is, it doesn't matter how weak the source of light is, that light pushes out the darkness. Like you will never turn on a light switch and be like, man, this room is so dark that I can't even see the light. No, 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 light always pushes back darkness. Jesus always pushes back darkness. And as you celebrate over these next few weeks, as you light up your homes, as you light up your tree, as you drive around and look at lights, y'all, let's be really mindful of the true light of the world that is Jesus. Every time you see it, man, continue to point your eyes back to Jesus. And think about the light that he is to your life. And when you find yourself in a dark place, maybe yourself, would you be quick to turn your eyes back to Jesus? And remind yourself that he's got a light that can break into your darkness and overcome it. I mean, when you encounter other people, especially over these next few weeks, when you encounter people that find themselves in a dark place, would you be the light of Jesus? Would you let it shine through you and turn their eyes back to Jesus? Because y'all, when Jesus came into the world, when he came even as a baby, he was this light that had power that darkness could not overcome then. It cannot overcome now and it will not overcome in the future.